All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless Podcast, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things to South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Ryan, Dustin, and Morgan. Make sure you go follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on uh, where the podcast is available, which at this point is pretty much everywhere, but the big ones are always Spotify, Apple Podcasts, while you're on Apple, give us five stars and a great review. We've got a good show for you guys today. A little plug ahead of time. Um, uh, towards the end of the show, we have Colin in. Um, you know, one of my favorite NC State podcasts, the Red and White Podcast host, Evan, is joining us to talk about Clemson and NC State's big win and a little bit of outlook, uh, outlook for the Atlantic and the Coastal going forward. Uh, make sure you guys go and... Follow the Red and White podcast um, on Apple and Spotify and check out their website, the uh, redwhitenetwork.com. So, yeah, looking forward to that. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, what you got, man? All right, I got your bad, ugly, and miserable this week. <laughs> so, uh, so, it is miserable and reckless, yes. <laughs> the miserable and reckless is back. Uh, my bad. I am down for the count this week. Uh, one of the kids gave me a horrible cold that uh, I just feel like absolute crap. Um, ugly. Uh, both the kids have hand, foot, and mouth. So. Wow, both? Both. Both have it. Yeah. Both. God bless I feel like you. crap. Jeez, yeah. And then uh, miserable. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech's offense against a Richmond spider team that they should have put up 60 points in the first half. Yes. Agree. And uh, they, they barely won. They, they, when I say barely won, I think if I'm correct, Richmond could have scored a touchdown and won the game. It was just garbage. Once again, Brad Cornelson and his one page five play offense. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Can't wait for him to be fired. (laughs) You know, what is really starting to, just grind my gears is having you come on and talk about how shitty your football team is that we lost to in week one. That's just, yeah, that's well, our, what, what sucks about that is our defense was rocking and rolling in that game. And then they just kind of shut down after that game. It just makes it extra miserable played. for me. Yeah. Well, you got their full 100 strength. And then I think they checked out after that game. We did it. We won the championship, right? <laughs> well, they just wanted to, that's, I think that was a game on their calendar. They wanted to win. And then that was it. It's awful. <laughs> I'm frankly getting tired of hearing about how bad Virginia Tech is too. So. Yeah. You, hey, well, maybe we'll get back to being great again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not hating on it. I'm just telling the truth. I know. I know. I'm sorry to hear about the kids. I didn't realize both of them came down with yeah. that. That's awful. Yeah, Bridget hope they just, get hope they get better uh, soon, Morgan. Bridget just started yesterday. So yeah, that sucks, man. Okay, okay, that, you, you get on the other side of this quick. That's awful. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. All right, moving from one father to another, Dustin. <laughs> what you got for us on good, bad, and the ugly? <laughs> uh, good. I, I'm gonna. I'm going to give myself the good award this week because I predicted Duke would be three and one after the first four games and they're three and one after the first four games. So that's hey, right here. I, I was the pick'em champion last year. I'm just, um, I'm on top of it again this year. What can I say? Um, bad is the fact that Duke is three and one because that just gives 
stuck with even more um, leverage to continue to stay in at the university, it, regardless of how the season goes. And they do look like a better team than most of us thought they were going to be. But certainly offensively, they do. Uh, they still need new life and a new direction for the program. And this just prolongs the misery for a little bit longer. Um, and then for my last bad, or I guess ugly, sad, is uh, Marty Smith's America, the podcast, is coming to an end. What? And I'm, I'm pretty sad about that. He had his next to last episode posted this week. Um, apparently, there's other things in the works, but you know how that goes. No one ever talks about it until way after the fact. Uh, that's definitely my favorite podcast to listen to. He always brings on interesting people. You know, obviously, most of it's sports centered, um, from coaches to athletes to whatever. But um, yeah, so I was I was a little disappointed to hear that this week. Although I do look forward to seeing whatever he's got in the works next. Um, I'm sure I'll enjoy that just as much. All right, maybe we can get him on the podcast to talk about, uh, you know, what's next for Marty Smith. Just throwing it out there. There you go. He's got to do that promotional tour. Why not start here? That's right. Maybe he'll miss podcasting so much he'll come on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, good, the bad, the ugly. All right, good. I'm going to give a uh, quick shout out. I know Morgan knows this person, but uh, I found out about this yesterday and I'm taking my opportunity on this podcast that however many of y'all listen to. Uh, my friend Tess has been a good friend in my life for a long period of time. I went to her wedding down in New Orleans. And the reason why I am bringing her up is she has gone out of her way over the past couple of years to adopt foster and then adopt four separate kids. The fourth is on the way. And I think that that's incredible and awesome. And I just, I, there's no way she listens to this, but I just want to put it out into the world that Tess hanging out down in Slidell, Louisiana is an awesome person. And I'm really proud of her for adopting, fostering, and then working to adopt four kids. So uh, she is, she is incredible and she has a huge heart and I think it's awesome. So now speaking of uh, not having any kids, uh, that allows you to go and do fun things in a neighborhood, which is my other good of the week, man. I got to shut down the neighborhood bar on Sunday night. I have never, <laughs> <That's a 180. laughs> I have never been to a bar that shut down before. And we found out that they were shutting down on a Sunday night. And let me tell you something that was an experience. First of all, it, uh, the bar owner, Man, he was he was he was not happy with the landlord. So he was basically saying, "Drink everything you can because we ain't leaving shit for anyone else." Uh, he was <laughs> smashing stuff that you know they were taking stuff inside just so nobody could have access to it. He gave the bartenders power drills so they could go take what they wanted off the walls. I mean, there was stuff coming apart at the seams. We were out at this outdoor bar that sits right on the marina. I mean, they were they were taking you know, coconuts off the walls if they wanted them and neon lights and, and the whole bar signs. I asked the bartender if I could have a fan that was hanging from the ceiling. It's still there, by the way. Uh, I guess I can go take it whenever I want. Maybe they took the security cameras down finally. So I think I just admitted to a crime on <laughs> if, if a fan is missing. Potential but, crime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can see this now. Ryan and Melissa sitting on the patio. I saw a chick. I'm flying through one of the windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was incredible. I, uh, 
I believe I responded to a text in the group text about three 30 in the morning. Cause that's when I uh, <laughs> was still awake. So uh, Monday was a little rough, but my good of the week is shutting down a neighborhood bar. I would encourage everyone to do it. And hopefully there's a new one that comes in. So whenever y'all come visit, we can, it's steps from my house, which is probably a, a bad situation for me to be in. I'll keep the other two real short. Uh, bad. I picked a lot of bad picks. Uh, so the, pretty much the opposite of Dustin. I picked Wisconsin to beat Notre Dame, Clemson to beat State, and I picked Europe, the entire continent, to beat the U.S. in golf. All of those were <laughs> atrocious picks. Not even close. Never bet against America. Never. Yeah, well, the only reason I did it is so we could talk about golf in the podcast. <laughs> And then my ugly, uh, I blacked out, I think, at some point during the weekend before we went to the bar. And did Carolina play last weekend? I don't remember. <laughs> um, did Rory McIlroy play golf last weekend? I don't. <laughs> I don't remember that either. Uh, he hadn't scored a point by Sunday morning, probably because he sat out part of Saturday because he was so in his own head. So uh, my ugly, I was pretty angry and pissy. Uh, up until Sunday night, which is, of course, wonderful. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> just uh, just so everyone knows, Carolina lost 45-22 to 22 to Georgia Tech. I'm just trying to let you know what happened, Ryan, since you don't remember. They lost to Georgia yeah. Tech 45-22, to 22, and Rory played on Team Europe, and they got destroyed by America. So, Not Logan. even close. Logan, USA, quick question. USA, Logan. USA. Logan, what was that score again? Forty-five to twenty-two. Last I, okay. I remember. Like I, got, yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch it the first time. To be fair, Rory did win his one-on-one match on Sunday, which gave me a little bit of hope. And Chase Elliott finished second. So still, there was still <laughs> lost to George. Still lost to George Tech. <laughs> All right. So for me, uh, my week, I gotta say. My week was fantastic. A um, little bit of foreshadowing with my good, bad, and the ugly for a big topic we're going to have later in the episode. Um, the good, my one of my bold predictions on the ACC preview podcast that we did came true. NC State did, in fact, beat the Clemson Tigers for the first time since 2011, 27-21 in double overtime. Uh, my even better is uh, the NC State game plan that the coaches put in place and the execution by the players. Like, uh, um, we'll get into the stats a little bit later when Evan from the red and white podcast comes on, but you know, the plan was put in place and they executed and took care of business. And even in the best part about it was the NC state defense. This defense looks like it could be for real. And, um, you know, if you, I think they forced Clemson to like seven, three and outs. It doesn't matter if Clemson is, uh, if their offense is down this year, that's still four and five star talent that they were going against. And the NC, NC state defense held their own. And, um, you know, pretty much took care of business and gave us the win. So I'm, I'm elated. Can't say there was nothing negative that happened last week. Not in my world anyways. So that's my good, <laughs> better, and best. All right. So moving into the weekend look ahead, you know, before we jump into the NASCAR update, what do you guys have going on? Well, um, Brody turns two on Sunday. Hey, hey, nice. Gonna have a nice little tiny few people party. Um, that's about it. Got, got a got a little preview too here for uh, there's somebody's anniversary coming up too. What's that? Said a little preview action of oh. someone's anniversary coming up too. Oh yeah, that. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, next <laughs> Thursday. 
next, next Thursday is four glorious years of being married to my wonderful wife. Congratulations, Beautiful. man. Thank you. Um, and then one of Brody's gifts this weekend, well, not really a gift, but we ordered it on Amazon while getting his gifts. Um, got the bed rails for his crib. The uh, hey. the top, <laughs> the crib is transforming into uh, his toddler bed. So it's oh, nice! Big. And nice. a side, side side note to that: uh, what what day was it, Crystal? Was it Sunday or Saturday? It was. Uh, I think it was Saturday. Um, got him in the crib, and we thought he went down for his nap. And I'm sitting here working on my laptop, and I look off to the computer, to his um, webcam, and I thought it was like a, a shadow going back and forth next to the crib. And then I look at like Crystal, is he in the crib? He's like, yeah, he's in the crib, looking at me like I'm crazy. And then she got up and looked at it and goes. Oh my God, he's not in the crib. <laughs> he hopped out of his crib. <laughs> he's on the floor playing with his toys. We go in there. I put him back in the crib. Like, show me how you got out. And he goes over, steps up on one of his um, teddy bears, like to give himself a boost up, and lifts his leg over the uh, the crib. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't ready to sleep. He wanted to go play some more. Yeah. So, yeah. Big, big changes coming. Oh, yeah. Well, my weekend, real quick. Um, NC State game once again versus LA Tech coming up this weekend, 6 o'clock Saturday. Again, uh, Carter Finley, uh, one positive out of that. One of my buddies got a, a parking pass upgrade. So we this week, uh, we are not only just parking by PNC Arena, but we are parking right outside of the stadium, right by the gate. So that'll be fun. Ooh, um, but, yeah, that's my time. weekend. Yeah. So get, get we also got... We also get in this in the pick'em, but we got the Liberty Bell on the line this weekend. That's true. They're not the a lead. bigger trophy in sports. <laughs> we in buried the lead, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that bell. <laughs> Freedom. Watch, all right, watch, Ryan. Out the, watch out for the trap game, Logan. Oh, I know. I know. Take care of business this weekend to show everybody we're for real. We're a 19 and, 19 and a half point favorite, I think, right now. So let's yeah, take care of business. Cover. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Logan, what sounds, you got? Go ahead. It sounds like if you're that close to the stadium, you could just you could just sneak out at halftime, maybe refill your cup, right? Nope, no. not gonna do it, and you'll find out why later. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what you got going on this weekend? And then after that, give us our NASCAR update. So tomorrow I get to go hang out with my in-laws, which is they're not my in-laws at well. Yeah, I guess it's my sister-in-law, but she's married to my brother, so. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm going to be hanging out with them tomorrow, which is pretty cool. Uh, definitely some NASCAR on, definitely some college football for sure. Uh, Victory Bill, as we mentioned, which is a big deal. I think what, what year was that, guys? We went 2016. Yeah. The Mitch Trubisky year at Duke. So we've seen it live. Uh, high noon. Can't wait. Uh, early October. That makes total sense. That's when you play your biggest game of the year. So... Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, geez, we lose to two teams with tech in the name, and all of a sudden, everybody thinks we deserve to play at high noon like Rutgers. So <laughs> it's terrible. You're lucky you even televised. Right? <laughs> We're on ESPN2 for the world to see. 
go other team. <laughs> so, uh, all right, NASCAR Sunday. We're in the playoffs. We're in the thick of it. Uh, so last week we had Denny Hamlin and Chase go one, two. Um, it's not really a surprise to anyone where we were this weekend. We're heading to Talladega. It is October. It is Talladega. Everybody fire up your Eric church. Cause, uh, when the wind grows colder, shoulder to shoulder, that's where we'll be this weekend. And, uh, we'll be watching Denny Hamlin in first currently Kyle Larson, second Kyle Bush, third. Apparently if your name's Kyle, you can race a race car pretty well. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is in fourth. Blaney's in fifth. Chase is hanging out in sixth. He's two two points behind his buddy Blaney, so hopefully we can uh, overtake those guys this week. And then we got really pesky, really annoying Joey Logano in seventh. And Brad Kozlowski somehow arose from the dead, as he always does. These two seventh and eighth drivers are real annoying for the Fords. So uh, they all, they're always around. Uh, look, if you've heard this before, if you've watched a race, these, these same eight are the with the exception of Blaney, are the same uh, guys. Look, I'm just happy Harvick's out of it for now. Um, he's on the bubble. So uh, as long as we can keep the old guy who likes, you know, firing up the firing up Chase and all the other young guys, let's, you know, hope he retires. Congratulations on being in seniors car 35 years ago after, you know, let's, let's, let's get the old guy out of the sport. Uh, let's get the watermelon farmer out of the sport. You know, let's, Let's keep it with the young guns that are the Hendrick guys and the Chevys and the, you know, let's get fired up about that. Was that offensive enough? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that right there, folks, is your NASCAR update. All right, Morgan, take it away for our college football pick them. All right. Well, let's, let's take a look at the records there, right? All right. So let's get on into the college football pick them, guys. So after last week, uh, record standing now is myself, Logan, and Dustin are tied at six and six. Or as we like to call it, a preview of UNC's record at the end of the year. No, what record <laughs> their record's going to be is what Ryan's record is right now, five and seven. Oh, that's right, Morgan. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. he decided he wanted to pick Clemson against NC State. But, you know, we all make mistakes in life, quite like picking Chase Elliott or UNC. So. I was the only one that believed in NC State <laughs> shit happening last week, so uh, makes me a true believer. <laughs> so with with that game actually last week, NC State jumped up on into the top twenty five, right at twenty three. So good, good for them. When when's the last time State jumped into the rankings, Logan? Ah, uh, it was actually last year, but we didn't stay in it very long. Gotcha. Yeah, we have a yeah, tendency. Of, <clears throat> we have a tendency of getting in the rankings and then falling back out very quickly. Generally, you you get like twenty fourth, and then you lose to a terrible team, and then they kick you out for the rest of the year. Yep. Exactly, Louisiana yeah, Tech, uh, <laughs> or if you're Tech and ODU, yeah, just saying it happens. And Clemson, I feel like they put them at twenty five just to be nice because I mean, they're Clemson. If they were anybody else, they would have kicked them out. Right. <clears throat> Carolina. <Yeah. laughs> I, I thought Carolina was top twelve. Wasn't that written in stone? Orange Bowl or bust. We measure our stuff in December. <laughs> I'm sorry, January, season? January, January. Still basketball oh. season. I got it. <laughs> got See where you're going that. Yeah, he, by measuring, you mean by losing pretty bad to Texas A&M. Both of both of my t- 
That was a close game until five minutes in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Both of my two adopted teams are in the top 12. That's what I chiseled in stone. Ole Miss and Oregon. Yeah. Oh, oh we're an old Miss fan now. So we add that to the yeah. to USC and the I, Florida. And, the, and I the, said I was an Ole Miss fan Cal. before week one. I'm just pointing that out. Who is it? Who is it, it going to be next year? Uh, who, who, still Ole Miss. Who, who's it going to be next year, Ryan? Uh, whoever is a preseason uh, favorite. Yeah, it has be, it has cool colors on their their uh, uniforms. <laughs> yeah, Maybe coastal, some cool uniforms. It'll be Coastal <laughs> Carolina. Sorry, guys. Preview of next year. <laughs> There'll be old news by next year. <laughs> so let's let's jump on into the uh, the pickums that we have here to select from. So the first one we got is uh, Arkansas versus uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Yep. Who uh, Dustin? Who you got? Well, to be perfectly honest, I have not seen Arkansas play this year. Um, everybody keeps telling me that they're good. Uh, we know Georgia's defense is good. I don't know about Georgia's offense. It seems to always be a problem for Georgia, no matter what's going on in life. I think their quarterback's injured right now, too. Yeah, I think I'd heard that as well. JT so, Daniels. So. Yeah, so basically where I'm at is I know what I'm getting with Georgia because I've watched them play. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting with the hogs. So I'm going to put my money on the hogs. I'm in. Let's go. I love it. I, old Sam Pittman. He gets all fired <laughs> up and ready. He loves him some Arkansas. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. in. Let's go hogs. Hogs Heck over yeah. dogs. I like it. I like it. What about you, Logan? Yeah. So uh, let's take a quick look at the Arkansas Razorbacks, right? Like they, they blew Texas out of the water. Big deal. Horns down as always. But last week was kind of telling about how good this Arkansas team could be. They, uh, they, they beat Texas A&M. I mean, Jimbo's had that program playing really good ball the last few years. Yes, so I think that's a statement win. So in that case, to piggyback off my old, older brother, give me the hogs. Heck yeah. What about you, Ryan? Upset alert. So Sam Pittman, we talked last week about the Arkansas faithful at their stadium. Uh, sounds like the DeBerry's both want to turn the damn jukebox all the way to 11. Uh, if right. anyone knows the Arkansas reference there, this old, old ball coach, Sam Pittman, uh, decided he was going to start screaming at for no reason in the locker room. And now it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> are we calling the hogs this week? Is that, is that what we're doing? Who pig suey all the way? I mean, that <laughs> Texas A&M thing was impressive. Yeah. Uh, guess what? Guess what? I'm going with Chase Elliott. I'm taking the dogs over the hogs. This isn't close. Oh it's going to be between the hedges. This is a defensive SEC nightmare. Uh, God. We're taking the dogs. Last time I checked, uh, the dogs put up 62 on a shitty ass Vanderbilt team. They haven't ha- allowed a defensive t- or yeah, offensive touchdown. Who cares? They haven't allowed any touchdowns yet. So we're taking the dogs over here in Chase Elliott land. They're number two for a reason. Fantasy land. Rainbow land. <laughs> Champion land. You've been living yeah. in fantasy land Stay for a champion. while, Ryan. Who you got, Morgan? I'm going with the hogs, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> hogs. Hey, get on that uh, hog train. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, Blue I'm a fan of the hogs. Woo yeah. pig. It's uh <laughs> hogs are gonna slaughter the other dogs. You get hey, you you got a bulldog <laughs> against a wild hog. Oh, wild hogs gonna win we, every day. We know what's gonna happen all day long. Wild hogs gonna win. Bulldogs gonna 
tumble over and run into his doghouse and cry. <laughs> there you go, bingo. Careful with the tech uh, and uh, his dog name killing references. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't right. help myself. I couldn't right, help next, myself. Next, next matchup. <laughs> anyway, sorry that you can't pick you know, great picks here, Ryan. So you're five and seven. So anyway, um, next up is going to be an actually good one. I think Ole Miss versus Bama. You got uh, Lane Kiffin, who used to be an assistant under uh, Saban at Bama. So he knows all of Saban's uh, tricks. He knows his players. I think this is going to be an actually a good matchup for, um, for both teams. With that said, let's jump right into it, Dustin. Yeah, so probably going to be a really good game. Um, that's the anticipation. It Saban's been really, really complimentary of Ole Miss this week. And um, I actually talked a little bit about how he – the reason he brought Lane Kiffin in when he did was he needed to completely retool Alabama's offense. And so Lane Kiffin was the one who turned that around and look at the success that has happened since then. Not that they weren't good before, but they took it to a new level. Um, so, you know, it, it has the, the makings of a hell of a game, but – not betting against my my man Nick Saban. He, he's the the Bill Belichick of of college football. I love his grumpiness. I love how uh, he just continues to be. It's amazing to me the turnover. I know he gets some of the best coaches on his assistant staff, but it's amazing to me that he has turnover that he does every year, and he's just better year after year. And I just I, that's hard to bet against. Period. And Bama, while Beatable, obviously. You know, Florida almost did it. They've separated themselves from the rest of college football as far as, far as to this point in the season. So, going with Saban and Bama. Good pick, good pick. What about you, Logan? Look, Bama is looks like far and away probably the best team in the country overall. Their offense is a lot better than Georgia's. I think Georgia has the best defense, but Bama is a all-around you know, number one team in the country for a reason. Nick Saban, hard to go against the guy. What does he have? Seven national titles at this point. With that being said, this is the year of parody. It's going to happen in college football. I'm going with the upset. Matt Corral could easily be a Heisman front runner right now. Sign me up for the lane train. Hotty toddy down in the, uh, the folks in the Grove are going to be excited. Even though I think this is in Tuscaloosa, right? But either way, it's in Tuscaloosa. This, Ole Miss. Those are the other part of my pick. Yeah, Ole Miss, Lane Train, let's go. Well, I'm with you, Logan. You know, uh, you know speaking about uh, Bama, they, I think they're a team that could beat up on current NFL teams right now, including my team, pretty pretty badly. But I, I'll go with the upset. I'm, I'll be crazy. I could, I'll go with Ole Miss. I think, you know, it's bound to happen eventually. So, uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, like I said, I'm gonna go with the upset. Big Ole Miss. It won't be close. I think it'll be a big defensive game and a field goal will probably win it. Are you? Yep. You what about me? you, Ryan? <laughs> you want me? We don't. We, we don't. We don't care about you. No, he's he just gave the final word, and we're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Put, why don't you give us your two cents? <laughs> yep. Well. I've had this game circle for a while. This is very exciting to me. Dustin, you just pointed this out in the group chat, but 
Think about this, man. Ole Miss versus Bama and Tuscaloosa on Saturday. And Sunday, you got Dega. I mean, man, what a hell of a weekend to be in Alabama right now. I mean, that is that is excellent. Uh, all that said, we talked about Saban. We talked about the connection there with uh, with 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 Lane Kiffin. Um, I think Lane really wants this. Uh, I've watched a couple of interviews with him this week, and I know I'm the old Miss apologist here. I think uh, I'm really going to be cheering for him. My heart's going to be pulling for these guys, but I mean, it's 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 hard to pull against the Death Star. Uh, my 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 Belichick fan in me says that uh, that Saban shows up. Uh, they all say that stat about Saban's however good against his former assistants. What is it like, fourteen and zero or something like that, including Kirby Smart and all the rest. So, uh, who's the Georgia head coach? So, um, I'm, I'm going saving, but this is like me last week. I'm picking the team that I think is going to win. And I'm going to be cheering with my heart for NC state. Like I was last week and Ole Miss, like I am this week. So my pick is Alabama in, especially in Tuscaloosa. Just, just you and me, Logan. That's right. We're the ones who believe in the lane train. (laughs) So records are meant to be broken. (laughs) Next up game is a, a battle between two of our, our friends there, uh, Dustin Ryan, the uh, Victory Bell in Chapel Hill. Who's going to win? This game usually what takes place in, in November. It's crazy that they're throwing it beginning of October. They've but, done uh, it before in recent years. It's awful, fun, but yeah. they've done it before in recent years. Yeah. yeah, it's been this way for almost 10 years now, I want to say. Like it's two, not always it's not two, always three. beginning of October, but it in the it past like four years. Yeah, it hasn't been Thanksgiving yeah. weekend in like a decade. Correct. Yeah. But it, it it's not always first uh like fifth week of the season. Yeah. I guess is my point. Well yeah. uh, let's just jump in here. As I say, greatest trophy in all sports. Great biggest biggest trophy, greatest honor is to get the victory bell and be able to ring it. There's no one who will dispute that anywhere in the galaxy. And that's just a fact. <laughs> um, now, that being said, the showdown goes down at, at big noon, as the, as the conference at Rutgers likes to do with their big noon Fox broadcast. Um, so I think UNC's favorite by like 20, last I saw. Um, sounds about right. Uh, Duke, I think Duke's better than we anticipated they were, but their defense is awful. Like their offense is is much better than we anticipated, but their defense is pretty atrocious. And that is saying something considering who the first four games of the year were. Um, Carolina's defense is also awful. Um, I I have nothing good to say about Carolina's defense after watching them. Like if you if a quarterback's mobile, you might as well just go ahead and put a loss in the column because Carolina cannot defend it. Um, now Carolina's the offense. I think they're going to be pissed off at losing to Georgia Tech. I think they'll come out swinging. I think this is going to end up being a high scoring game. Um, I think Duke will do okay. I don't think it'll be as embarrassing as maybe it could have been or as, ma- as much as someone would have said five, six weeks ago, but still going to be Carolina. They're they've got the better offense and they're going to, I think it's. Not that it really matters with these two play, but I think it's at Carolina this year. So uh, go ahead and put Carolina on there. That way I win either way. If I lose my pick, right. I get to gloat about Duke winning. If I get my pick wrong, then I get the win for the week. 
<laughs> we'll let the uh, the other one go ahead and take his pick, Ryan. So, as Logan's fond of saying, Carolina by ninety. Uh, I'm not picking Carolina by ninety. I'm saying that we could see ninety points easily scored in this game, <laughs> depending on which one of the defenses shows up. So, uh, I, I think that um, if we don't win uh i'm gonna have to retire from the podcast i mean how can i reasonably come on and talk about how carolina is a top 12 team and everything else i mean this is this is it's one thing to go into atlanta and 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 lose to georgia tech i mean it's another thing to lose to your like kind of halfway secondary rival that put up you know like 47 and a half turnovers last year i mean come on like 39 yeah well Sorry, I was off by eight. Can't get a half turnover, by the way. It's <laughs> yeah. not how it works. It's not like tackles. You guys ever heard of a you're, exaggeratory? You're, <laughs> you're asking a Carolina fan to add. <laughs> yeah, true. We don't go to class. So, uh, uh, Carolina, please. This is this is like the Duke Kansas thing. A, a week later, like, please just beat this team. For crying out loud, oh, Logan. I know where your heart's at. So, what are you picking? Yeah, so obviously my heart's with the Blue Devils because UNC right now is one and two in the conference. So one one more loss, they're knocked out of coastal contention unless something crazy, which is not beyond the realm of possibility with the coastal chaos. Actually, I would not say they're knocked out knowing the coastal, but anyway, go ahead. But with that being said, as much as I would like to see the darker blue win this game, <clears throat> there's going to be absolutely zero defense. The only defense that's going to happen is if one team slips up and uh, whoever can um, – if Duke can win the turnover margin, they would have a shot, but I don't think they're going to. There will be hardly no three and outs on either side. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. Sam Howell is going to uh, throw a bunch of bombs, which is the only pass he can effectively make, and Carolina's <laughs> going to win. Carolina's probably going to win by a couple a couple scores. Yeah, and and it, yeah, just on the Howell point, uh, Duke's given up so many chunk plays this year. You you I forget what the stat is. It's unbelievable. Their defense is atrocious. So just wait. Sam Howell is going to be, yeah, he's going to be slinging it. Third and yeah. 60, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Carolina. They're going to come up pissed off. Hopefully Duke wins, though. <laughs> so next up, we got Cincinnati versus the Fighting Irish. Who you got, Dustin? Uh, you know, last week I was big on on uh, the Catholic train, and I'm going to stay on the Catholic train this this week. I, I think they got it in them. It's at home. Um, you know, I know since he's a good football program, but you know, hey, might as well keep it rolling. Let's go, Rudy. Heck yeah, Logan. <laughs> yeah, so. Last week, uh, Notre Dame looked pretty good, but I will say that final score against Wisconsin is a little bit deceiving from how the game actually was. Um, but Jack Combs, starting quarterback, uh, has an ankle injury. I have not had the time to really look up to see if he's uh, playing this week, but I think he's out. If he's out, Cincinnati's no joke. They're a uh, legit football team. Um, and you know what? I'm going for it shouldn't be an upset because they're ranked higher, but they're a group of five school. Give me Cincinnati. 
I'm going to stick with uh, Dustin here and go Catholics. Go fight Irish. Yeah, nobody cheers for Ohio. Come on. Yeah. Cincinnati sucks. Bingo. Not as bad as St. Louis, but anyway. Story for another day. The chili's not that great either. (laughs) Angle, what you got? So... Since he is ranked higher, this is a seven and a nine game. Very interesting. I've been repeatedly picking against the Irish. They did look good last week. I did, in all fairness, for the first time in about 20 years, watch the movie Rudy in its entirety last night at the urging of one of our buddies. Um, (laughs) Guess what? I came around on Rudy, but I'm not coming around on the Catholics. Let's go, Cincy. I didn't know you were so anti-Catholic. That's that's something we're gonna have to dive into. Yeah. Well, there's a Roy McElroy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. That's the second terrible joke I made on this podcast. Oh God. So next up, we have another one of Ryan's favorite teams, Boston College. They're facing barely ranked 25 Clemson. Ryan, who are you going with? Oh man, this is gonna be great. Uh, BC going into Death Valley. Um, are we believers in Jeff Halfley and his uh, head coaching? Uh, my answer is no. Uh, look, you ain't going to have the Clemson players running down and touching their little special rock or whatever it is that they do. It's, it's a weak uh, opening ceremony, by the way, yeah. for that team. And uh, Weak fan base. So celebrate your win, Tiger Town Tavern. I'm glad you guys are going to be all celebrating under the tin roof over there. Corrugated, whatever it is, but uh, uh, Clemson takes this one, I think, easily. Um, I think they're going to be a little pissy about the uh, the little hand signal wolf wolf people. So, <laughs> Dustin, who you got? Um, I I think Boston College is going to be a good football team this year. You know, I mean, we I think we're all more or less in agreement on that, but yeah, I just don't see. Boston College going into into Death Valley on a team that's going to be upset and ready to roll. I don't know that it's going to – I'm not calling a blowout by any means because I – who knows what Clemson's offense will do by any any week given week. 14 to 21 points seems to be a struggle for this team. But I still think Clemson does it. They're at home. They're coming off a loss going with Clemson. Logan. Yeah, so this is an interesting matchup. This was in Chestnut Hill. I might feel a little bit different, but this is down in Clemson, South Carolina at Death Valley. Dabo finally um, acknowledged in his press conference that they have an issue. They, like he he said it. Um, that's that's a big step. And I bet this week of practice, you know, they're they're going to come out ready. The problem is for Clemson, they don't have a run game, and Will Shipley is not going to be uh, playing for a few weeks. So, and then uh, uh, Lin J forgot his last name, but he transferred out of the program. So they're down to their third string back, Kobe Pace, who I believe is a freshman. But again, this is a death valley. They just come off that loss to my wolf pack again, go pack. And I think Clemson takes care of business at home and hangs uh, the first loss on the Boston College Eagles in the conference play and overall. I'm going to go against all three of you. I think Boston College continues Clemson's downfall. I'm calling it. I think Boston College, Boston College, I think their linebackers are, they've always got some interesting linebackers at that university. I think uh, 
Boston College. I think the linebackers take care of business against uh, that offensive line and the quarterback who's still getting his feet wet. And I think it's important to note that I think James Skalski is back for this matchup this week. Finally. Uh, Neck roll. <laughs> and last one we got here, Auburn versus LSU. Dustin, who you got? Going with the Tigers. <laughs> Good pick. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't lose. <laughs> um, you know, it helps. One thing that it makes a few of these hard to do is, well, I watch a lot of college football. I have not seen all of these teams play. I've not seen Auburn or LSU play yet. And um, I kind of agree with uh, Packer from Packer and Durham, like he, he chastises like the FPI and all these like computer algorithms and stuff. He's like, it's, it's, you got to watch them. He's like, it's an odd test. It's like somebody's either got it or they don't. You can see how someone's playing. So I'm a little in the dark here. So given where this one's going on, the other Death Valley, I'm going to go with LSU. I'm going to go with Dem Tigers and Coach O. <laughs> Logan, what about you? This is a tough one. <clears throat> I think I've watched one Auburn game, none of LSU. I know LSU hung a loss on Mississippi State, uh, I think, last week. Um, but War Damn Eagle, give me Auburn. Interesting. I'm with you, Logan. As, as Takeo Spikes would, would say, War Bleeping Eagle. All right. Um, well, I think. I guess we want your two cents. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, we, we weren't done with that yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had to let the Carolina fan dog. Oh, go ahead. Raise your hand <laughs> if you've been to an LSU game on Saturday night. That's what I thought. Just me. No one can see us. Genius. So, <laughs> yeah. That's why I said just me. <laughs> so, I think you guys are underrating a 22nd ranked Auburn team. Where is NC State at? 23? So Auburn means, you know, uh, they're okay. They're not that good. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Uh, they are, they are ranked on like some teams. I mean, we were around there and we're clearly not that good. We lost to a team that has a shitty offensive coordinator. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, I think, I think LSU will win. I think uh, when they run out and they run past that live tiger and uh, Coach O starts screaming and, language people can't understand then uh then uh i think auburn's gonna be wishing that they were headed back to alabama to watch that talladega race <laughs> nice nice well just a quick notable feel like games real quick i won't get too much into it uva is playing miami nobody cares about that i hope both teams lose uh, <laughs> <laughs> i hope they take well for their for the record, it's nineteen seven in the third with Miami losing right now. So oh wow! Can we start calling you, white wine coolers versus a turnover chain? Congratulations, good job. <laughs> I might Perfect. be wrong. Three losses might win the coastal this year. Uh, we got I'm, Pittsburgh versus Georgia Tech. So you got a uh, ten-year veteran quarterback uh, versus uh, <laughs> no name, no name Georgia Tech who beat UNC forty-five uh, twenty-two. <laughs> Louisville, who people keep, I guess, forget about, they did still exist, versus a surprisingly ranked Wake Forest. Could they find no other teams to rank? 
That's what I would like to know. Well, look, they kept. This is a pretty right. good White Forest team. And then, of course, you got the team who does no longer exist in the ACC versus Free Shoes University. And now, on to the next topic. <laughs> Morgan. Oh, my goodness. Morgan's too. We're going to have teams. you do to pick them every week. <laughs> um, all right. And that's Syracuse versus Florida State for all you folks who haven't been listening for the past year. Morgan <laughs> hates them, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Equally. That's, for multiple reasons. Oh, man. You could say that he hates him almost as much as he hates, what's his name, Brad Cornelson? <laughs> no, that he's, he, he holds a special place in my hate. <laughs> oh, my. I didn't think I could right. hate anyone more than Stein's friend, and, and, and he did it. <laughs> All right, well, let's roll on to our Southern Spotlight for the week. It's me, boys. Um, as folks know, we like to... to highlight a specific southern business person thing something out there in the world um and we kick it around from week to week all four guys um for me this week i've kind of doing a a little bit of a twofer it's uh it's october so you know falls upon us and in eastern north carolina that means that the harvest is upon us and are back where logan and i are from there is about two good weeks out of the year every year where when they're harvest. So people who don't know peanuts grow underground in there while they're a nut, they do not grow on a tree or, or something like that. They actually grow under the ground. So to harvest them, they have to till up the soil and then get them that way. Or there's, there's about a two week period every year where in the fall, where you, when they're tilling it up, it just smells magical around our County. Because we're every year our county is some combination of tobacco, cotton, and peanuts, and we're we've gotten heavier and heavier on peanuts as the years have gone on. So for me, it's something I I don't think I ever really recognized as a you know kid growing up there, spending lots of time there, and then once I got away from it and then went back, I was like, oh wow, this is this is pretty incredible. It's like I, I maybe it's just a, a a memory of being home and it kind of kicks you like that way it's it, it's got to be something along those lines but it is it's one of the best smells in the world when they're tilling up the peanuts for about that two-week period the whole county smells that way i've told my wife about it for years and she always kind of like all right sounds cool and then one year for some reason in october we were going uh, we went home down at you know Runic rapids and i was like oh you can smell it we rolled down the window she's like oh all right i get it now and so to me, it's just kind of a special, very unique, certainly rural America, you know, likely Southern, I guess, but wherever you grow peanuts throughout the rest of the country. And uh, and it's just something to me that means a lot. I love it around that time of year. I love the smell of it. And by extension, there's a place just across the border from our hometown over in Skippers, Virginia. Uh, right off of exit 4985 called Good Earth Peanut Company, where some of them locally grown peanuts that I'm talking about are sold. So if you take exit four, you go on past the Loves and then the other travel center and then Elliot Sadler's shell station with the IHOP built into it. And you go on down the road a little bit further down to the 301 and you go across the railroad tracks, you'll find Good Earth Peanut Company. They have 
all kinds of stuff. They have chocolate covered peanuts. They have every flavor of peanut you can imagine all just there for the taking. Pierce Brosnan apparently went there once, apparently a big peanut fan. He's up on the wall. Um, if you want, you don't even have to drive to Skippers of Virginia. You can go on their website and uh, just Google the Good Earth Peanut Company and order it direct from them that way. It's really good stuff. Sometimes around the holidays, we'll pick some up and give them to like family or friends and things like that. It's a great place. So fall harvest of peanuts, that two weeks, just magical smell that it is and the Good Earth Peanut but, uh, Company in Skippers of Virginia, just past the Elliott Sadler uh, Shell Station and IHOP combo. With the NASCAR cars out front. Yeah, I was going to say, with the old cars out front. Can confirm it's really good and can confirm they do have a picture of when Pierce Brosnan was there. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I got for you, fellas. Next time y'all travel in the corridor, check it out. All right. Well, this is normally the part in the show where we go into Florida or the field, but we're going to take a more of a positive spin on it this week. So, Ryan, what you got for us? So you guys want to do a mini bless your heart? We heard about this last Saturday. Um, SCC network has what Marty, Marty McGee in the morning, right? Wake up early for yep. that. That's always wonderful. Way too many selfies taken with a coffee cup that may not have coffee in it while I'm watching Marty and McGee sent out to <laughs> <laughs> the group. <laughs> SEC nation follows that up. Uh, and SEC nation is where we have, uh, I'm going to call him a friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Tim Tebow that comes on. <laughs> We selected him to beat Mike Jordan, for those that don't remember. Uh, Mike Jordan being, you know, the, the greatest of all time basketball player. Yeah, we selected a 16 seed, Tim Tebow. So uh, <laughs> I think that I think that qualifies as uh, him being in front of the pot at this point. So uh, I, uh, I was listening to him talk and he was interviewing a Georgia. Name escapes me now. Uh, guy, I hope that's Luke correct. Brian. I really hope that's no, 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 no. A Heisman winner. And the oh. guy takes his Heisman everywhere. And I really hope I'm saying it correct when I say that it was Georgia. And now I'm second guessing myself. Doesn't matter. He was interviewing a Heisman winner from a long time ago. And the guy takes the Heisman everywhere and he allows everybody to touch it. And he's super proud of it. And it's awesome. Google America if you want to know if I'm right or wrong, the 1980 Heisman winner, because that's who it was. A member of the year. And um, the, uh, the interesting thing was they asked him, where do you keep it? Where's it going in your house, et cetera. So naturally, the conversation turned to our friend of the pod, Tim Tebow, Heisman winner. And they asked him where he kept his Heisman. And it was a, you know, a one-off conversation with Marty Smith and just, you know, just bullshitting around and whatever. And he goes, uh, actually, it's in Luke Bryan's house. It's on his, uh, it's on his mantle. Well, naturally, we need to know more. Why, why, why are you doing that? What's going on? He's a Georgia guy. You're a Florida guy. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, of course, enter Tim Tebow as being the most wonderful human being on earth. He apparently auctions off his Heisman every year to raise money for charities. And if you are willing to spend enough money to win the auction for his Heisman, um, then you know you donate the money and you get to keep the Heisman. And of course, you get to do all sorts of terrible things to it. Um, the uh, uh, apparently the Bryans, I'll call them that have uh you know poured beer all over it and they've got georgia jerseys draped all over it which just seems really offensive 
uh, to a Florida, to a Florida Heisman. They've taken photos and videos of like hostage videos of it and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, anyways, um, I just thought it was a, of course, of course, uh, Tim Tebow, thanks. I'm getting a note that the 1980 winner is George Rogers who attended the other South Carolina or the other Carolina school, South Carolina. So of course I forgot that. He, he is a Georgia native, I guess. Uh, so maybe you were thinking that just give you an out. <laughs> like i said sometimes it's not always coffee in the coffee cup (laughs) so uh no i i thought it was a really cool uh thing and i texted you guys about it and i just it's one of those things where uh, i don't think they meant to say it or i don't think it meant to be brought up certainly he's not the kind of guy to go showboating around um and uh oh yeah that yeah i don't have that i auctioned that off so i could help other people it's like (laughs) uh, very tim tebow yeah, his kindness and his humility and his, uh, I don't know, what's another word that could fill in there? His his magnanimousness, <laughs> is that a word? Uh, knows no bounds. So good on you. It is on positive and reckless. Yeah, good on you. Bless your heart. Uh, way to be a positive Florida man, um, unlike uh, most of the other examples we find on this podcast. <laughs> it's a cool story, got to say. All right, so stay tuned. Our next segment, like I said, we're going to be a catching. Uh, uh, we're going to be speaking with Evan from the Red Wide Podcast. So coming up here after the break. All right. Well, this week we have a very special guest here on Miserable and Reckless. Uh, I'd like to introduce. Evan from the Red and White Pod, one of my favorite NC State podcasts. After the big NC State versus Clemson game last week, I had to try to get him on the show. So, Evan, we appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Welcome. So, like I said, uh, let's not bury the lead here. NC State after 10 years, 27-21, double overtime win. Uh, like, this just was a huge win. What was your initial reaction, like, after – uh, the clock at zero or I, it wasn't even zero after we, we held them on that fourth and five and, and double overtime. You know, honestly, I thought I was going to die because I was in the stadium and I sit a couple rows <laughs> up in the upper deck and the whole thing was shaking. Like it's going up and down. And I was like, we're going to win, but this is going to be the end. This is how I'm going out. This is, <laughs> like, it was, it was insane, man. It was, um, it felt like redemption, you know, it just felt like relief and it was excitement. I don't know. It was, it was awesome, but it, I mean, it was just pandemonium, man. Like my guys in my group are like, let's go on the field. It's like, y'all I'm too old for this nonsense, but y'all go ahead. Like, I mean, it was that kind of day, man. That's what it felt like. Like everybody was just like, just elated to some degree or, or relief. It was a little bit of everything, man. Oh yeah, man. I, I definitely feel that. Cause so I, I have season tickets over in section 28, um, in the upper deck. Yeah. And like, I, uh, hadn't, I think the last time that I think I heard a crowd that loud at Carter Finley, maybe was 2017 in the Lamar yeah. Jackson Louisville game, or it could have been going all the way back to 2012, uh, with that Mike Glennon touchdown in the fourth quarter on, what was it? Fourth down, I think against Florida state. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, I was looking at my watch and it did a little noise meter and it got up to 123 decibels on my, on my watch and I'm in 31. So I'm just a couple sections over from you. And it like, I had a headache for like two hours after the game, just because it was just that loud. It was, it was unreal. Hey, you and me both brother. 
<laughs> but uh, so getting into the game real quick, like I think the thing that surprised me and I want to get your take on this was honestly coming into the game. I didn't expect NC state to really outplay Clemson. I expected it to be kind of a back and forth. We knew it, what to expect. I thought with Clemson's offense, but you know, the defense is legit. Like you don't hold Georgia to uh, the Georgia offense to three points. Uh, if you're not one of the best defenses in the country, but I was like really surprised like NC state, you know, 31 first downs to 10 for Clemson. The uh, time of possession was heavily in state's favor. I mean, what was it? 96 plays to 49, something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when it came to the game plan, it, it, they did it to perfection. Like, what did you think? Like, how did the coaching staff did and how the players executed that day? You know, that was one of the things going into that game that I wasn't sure about. Because after Mississippi State, where I still, still to this day, think we are the better team than they are. You know, I'm sitting here thinking that was on the coaches, right? Whatever that game plan was, whatever that was, that was on them. And, you know, if you look, listen to our pods, you know, back in April, I've been saying it, we're going to beat Clemson. I think this is the year we finally get them. And it wasn't just a homer. It wasn't just a homer pick. It was just like, the, the facts are, is DJ's not Trevor. They lost a lot on offense. They're not replacing ETN. You know, they don't have an experienced back back there. Their offensive lines are struggling. They struggled last year. And so when we came out, you know, my, my initial thought on the game plan was like, we got to take it some deep shots and we got to hit them. And that, that's, you know, that was what I was thinking. But to be honest, I didn't think we could execute as well as we did doing, you know, ball controls, like a ball control pass game. They were just essentially taking, and it's very cliche, taking whatever Clemson was giving them. Right. But Clemson was sitting back, letting them take six yards on the outside, eight yards in the seam. And, they just did it and they did it and they did it and they did it over and over again for 42 minutes. I'm like, holy crap, this is unbelievable that <laughs> they were able to execute that well with that kind of game plan against that good of a defense. And it makes sense because, or, you know, part of it makes sense now that I'm thinking about it is they don't, they have, they still have superior athletes, right? They have top five recruiting classes for the last, I don't know, six years. Their corners are really good still. And so it makes sense that we didn't hit any deep shots. And but I, you know, I wasn't thinking about that going in. I was just thinking, hey, we need to, you know, stretch the field, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, they the coaching staff put together a, a plan and they executed it to perfection. It was better than what I expected, but it was also I, I just I believe that this is Dave's best coaching staff. And so this that's what the kind of performance you want to see. I just didn't expect them to do it the way they did. That yeah. makes any sense. I'm I'm right there with you because like it's kind of like what uh what Will was saying on y'all's podcast. Like they like I was thinking the same thing coming in that we were gonna have to have some explosive plays to be able to get some get some scores. Yeah. And, you know, we we took two shots, like one to Devin Carter and one to uh Anthony Smith, and they were so close to converting, but it but it, you know, it was no cigar on that. Yeah. So like, but we ended up dinking and dunking, taking what the defense gave us. The, uh, as the game went down, I think that the time of possession thing actually was a big factor in this game just because yeah. the defense got worn down because they were on the field for what like 50 more plays than our uh, our defense was and the running game yeah, really kind of yeah. kind of like was much more effective in the fourth quarter and overtime yeah you're exactly right and i think that was the biggest difference they seemed to wear down a little bit like i went back and watched some of the plays especially late in the game and you could just see that the intensity wasn't there. That same was was in the first quarter. I mean, it, they were playing for 42 minutes. 96 plays is unheard of 
Like everybody talked about last year, Wake Forest offense was so fast, so fast. They averaged under 90 plays a game. We ran 96 against one of the top defenses in the country. To me, that is just bonkers to think about. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. Like, it's one of those things that I think the coaching staff laid out a great game plan, uh, kind of grinding one out, and then players execute it. And I think there's something to be said that that NC State defense is legit this year. I mean, he, he, Clemson's yeah. offense may be stagnant, but, you know, I think that this week I was looking up there, like, up to, like, uh, number seven in the country in, like, total uh, defense. And even against, you know, in uh, – Mississippi State, you know, the blunder that that game was, even in that game, they only gave up 17 points to the offense. And that's in a second year Mike Leach offense. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at. So it's like, yeah, I agree. I think they, uh, you know, defense is number four in the country in scoring defense. And that is one of the things that it's maybe not surprised me, but but what I was excited about the most, like this year, is they, they don't have the deficiencies. Like, you know, his Dave's 2018 team where the secondary was just hot garbage or, you know, he, some other teams that he's had have been they've had some good talent, they had some, you know, high end NFL players. But there are still some glaring holes. This team is just balanced and there's depth. So you lose a guy like Peyton Wilson, best linebacker in the conference. You lose him and you're still able to maintain because you have some depth and you have that experience. And I, I mean, like I'm with you, man, I'm so impressed with this defense. It's been it's legit. And I think that is what makes this year a little bit different and maybe gives me a little bit more hope in the future for this year is that this defense is that good that it should be able to keep them in the games, even if the offense has an an off night. Like, I just think that's that's how good this defense is. Yeah, and with those uh, injuries, especially to Peyton Wilson, then, you know, Cyrus Fagan, and then we just saw that C.J. Clark is out for the C. year. C. But uh, Corey Durden, you know, he he stepped up big time in this game. One and a half tackles for loss. Had those um, – and those plays happen on back-to-back um, uh, pos- or back-to-back plays. Like, he, yeah. we're going to need guys like him, you know, to step up and to be able to be the next man up, so to speak. Because if they're going to continue to keep playing at this level, and I'm excited about it, man, but it's like at the same time, yeah, I mean, you know as well as I do, NC State shit's a real thing. And I'm anytime I get uh, hopeful and excited, I'm always like in the back of my mind, I'm like, when is the other shoe about to fall? I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of, uh, my policy is that I'll bring it up. All right. If we don't talk about it, it's not real. Right. But I understand the angst that everybody has around it. And it, you know, it, it feels good to get, get that out of the way. Right. It, you know, when we when Chris Dunn missed those kicks and everybody, everybody was thinking it. Right. You could just see it across <laughs> oh the stadium. And, you know, I'm like, oh, man, here we go. We're like we're legit curse or something. Like, you know, just we all thought it. It was just it's just one of those things that happens. And especially that, the especially the last one, 39 yarder. I'm like, he's got this is dead nuts. in the yeah. middle. He's, there's no way he's missing this. He doesn't. It's a chip shot for him. And when he missed it, man. Like it just, everything felt real. It felt tangible. Like it was right there in front of us. And like, man, I don't know, but yes, it was, uh, it's, it's a much of a relief yeah. more than anything that, you know, this is a first step in putting it behind us. Yeah, I think it was uh, – I can't remember if it was Packer or Durham, but one of them said it on their podcast the other day that it would have been almost poetic justice for us to win on a field goal kick after that 2016 game, right. how that happened in Death Valley. Yes. But in the long run, it might be better 
for the team to um, have actually exercised the demons the way they did. Because with NC State fans, you know, thinking always in the back of their mind, thinking something's going to go wrong, but then we missed that kick. But this team, I think it speaks to the mentality of this team. You know, it's an experienced uh, uh, roster across the board, but the mental toughness they have to be able to go into overtime, allow a score, score again, and then win the game in two and two OTs that normally doesn't happen for an NC state ball club. And I think that in the way that they were able to overcome that might be beneficial to them moving forward. Yeah, you're exactly right. One of the things I was thinking about was, and I feel for Chris Dunn, right. And I know that he was recruited for this exact purpose, right? That was, that was it. Oh yeah. After Ben Bard missed that kick, Dave just went all in on Chris Dunn and I, one of the best kickers we've ever had. And when he missed that, I'm thinking he must have, he's been waiting his whole life for that kind of redemption. All right. I, I just can't imagine the the pressure and, and maybe, um, maybe as a fan, I'm, I'm putting more on it than it is, but I can't imagine the pressure and everything that he felt sitting over that 39 yarder as like, all right, here's redemption. This is it. This is, you know, I can, put all this stuff to rest and whatever. And, and so I understand how he missed it. He had a bad day, but I don't know, man, like it just, it, it does, it does feel better or it does feel good to know that they overcame that level of adversity by missing the kick and still being able to win because that is just not something we've done before. You know, Bambard missed that kick and we go to overtime and got smoked, right? It had no chance. It's three and out and they scored, but to you know, Clemson scores and we hang in there and just you're right. If it, it it feels like that was <laughs> thinking about it now, it's probably the the best thing that could have happened. It just in terms of you know, all right, what else can you throw at us? And we still overcame it, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's how that feels. Yeah, flip to the offensive side of the ball for a second because one thing that I've noticed, and I uh, when it comes to Devin Leary, like Devin Leary seems to have that it factor in clutch time. You go back to the pit game last year, you um you look at the the way he was able to handle be composed in double overtime against Clemson and be able to drop that ball in there with a fantastic catch by Devin Carter in the second overtime. Like it, that seems to be something that we've missed uh, from our quarterbacks for a while. We've had some good quarterbacks. Like Brissett was really solid when he was here. Ryan Finley's numbers speak for themselves. But Ryan Finley, and this isn't a knock on the guy cuz I love Finley to death, but he he never really led that kind of like, you know, know game winning drive in that way now Leary and what eight starts has done it twice and one of them was against Clemson and arguably like the biggest game we've had in a long time like what like how good do you think Leary can be for us I think Leary is criminally underrated right he just doesn't get any of the attention early or doesn't get any attention in the conference and I tell you what tell you what I had a Ryan Roberts from Rising Giraffe was on Twitter doing prospect analysis or whatever. And he, he had a whole thing about Leary preseason, how he's good. And like the, you know, this is what I want to see from him. And I tweeted him the other day. I was like, what do you think of Leary? And he was doing one word answers for, you know, a bunch of these prospects. And he just said ballsy. And I like, that's exactly right. I thought Leary was in control to a point where we hadn't seen that from him before. You know, he, he had, what three check down throwaways, right? He hadn't he hadn't done that normally, especially oh, like yeah. Mississippi State game. He threw a couple of balls. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, why <laughs> just throw it away? But a part of that is inexperience. I mean, the dude has played nine games or started nine games so far. And 
you saw it in Pitt. You saw like the potential. And then again, you saw it in this game where he was just under control. And I just think he is, he doesn't seem to be able to get rattled, right? He's, he's me maintained in that game against that defense. And I, man, I was just, I was so impressed. I, I think the, the ceiling is the roof for him, right? I mean, he's, he can, he can go everywhere. He's, he is, he is that good. He could be the best quarterback in the conference by the end of the year. I mean, we'll see how that plays out, but he's got everything you need, man. And uh, he just, he really impressed me that game. Right. And I think he, he opened a lot of people's eyes. I have to uh, throw it over to the Carolina fan for his retort to that comment about could be the best QB in the conference. Cause I know uh, Ryan's a big believer in Sam Howell. So I've been, I've been sitting here biting my tongue a little bit, but, uh, cause especially cause I, 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 um, if you want my direct comment on Sam Howell, I think everybody thinks he's going to go in the first round. I, I, as much as I want to be a big believer in him, I'm sure, sh- I've got a little snake bit by that number two Mitch Trubisky pick. I was looking at at that draft and I was like, hey, look, man, that guy does not need to go number two. He is speaking of pressure. He does not need all that pressure on him. So I'm I'm yeah. kind of hoping Sam Howell drops to like a Mac Jones level, if that makes any sense. And he's just kind of he's a he's he's a mid-round guy, and people think they maybe got a steal with him or something like that. That I think that would be a lot a lot uh Better situation for him, a running quarterback that kind of makes Brett Farvian type throws is probably not great for the NFL. It's real exciting on Saturday, though. Um, to your point about Devin, to both of you guys' point about Devin Leary, I was very impressed on Saturday. Uh, I have l- known Logan long enough to know that NC State shit is a real thing. <laughs> and I was waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. <laughs> Certainly thought it was going to happen with the field goal. I turned to my wife, we were watching the game at the house and I said like, Oh Lord have mercy on that kid. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> like he is not going to be able to be on campus tomorrow, you know? And, uh, yeah. Devin Larry, man, I, that last throw was insane. I mean, just yeah. the, the pocket presence to stand in there and just put that. That's one of those things where you see that it could happen and you just, you, you lose it. Cause it's, it's like, it, it, it can't be this easy. And he just, for him to stand back there and, and toss that in there, man, balls, ballsy is a hundred percent accurate. I think the thing that I like the most about that last play that you're referring to is that he went through his progressions. If you watch his eyes, uh-huh. he looked, he looked left and then went right and then found the guy and made, made the throw and put it on the money. Devin Carter yep. to his credit made a f- fantastic catch, but the pocket presence and the, uh, the calmness that Leary had in the moment, that's, that's something that, um, I'm excited about for the possibilities of what we can have from our QB. Yeah. Yeah. To, to mention your point about how I think he's a good quarterback, like not throwing shade at him. He's actually really good. Yeah, I equated to Phillip rivers last year in college where he just had no help around him. Right? Offensive line was not good. Receivers were not, you know, dynamic enough. How, uh, how's a good quarterback. I, Dev, to back to Devin Carter though. The, one of the things about on that route, if you go back and watch it, he couldn't have ran that any better either. He was running. He's basically running a go route, but he started drifting inside and you can see booth. And I forgot the other safety's name following him inside. And then Leary throws that ball to the outside, which gives him that space to make that catch for Leary to put that ball in the corner. Those were that, that combination right there was legit. I mean, that was just a, it was a great throw and it was a great route and it was well executed. I mean, that was, um, one of the things people don't talk about enough. I thought Carter did a great job, you know, creating that space for Devin to drop that ball in. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, one thing I, I want to get your take on too. So uh, after the game, like obviously by now, every NC State fan has seen uh, Dave Doran's interview on the huddle where he was sitting there, cigar, uh, red solo cup in hand. The man was uh, was was feeling good and as he should. He finally got the, the tiger off his back, so to speak. So how big of a win do you think this was for Dave Doran? That's catch 22, man. I think it's, it's a huge win, right? Probably the best one we've had in, I don't know, 10 years, maybe more. And it's up there within the top five wins that I can remember. Um, it's probably number two for me. The Florida State Chris Twinkie game would probably be number one, but that is, it's such a huge win just for right now. We don't know how big of a win it is until the end of November, right? The opportunity there is is in front of them. Can they take advantage? That is what's going to define it. And I'm not mean, and you know, some people are saying, well, if Clemson finishes six and six, it's not a big win. I don't buy into that. It's a good win. It's the damn bull that has been staring you down for 10 years or nine years in Dave's case that you just haven't been able to get around. And now he did. And can they take advantage of it? That'll even that'll escalate it even to an even bigger win by the end of the year because they are in the driver's seat for the Atlantic, and they have to take advantage of it. Right, they have to be able to capitalize it, and that will make that win even more mo bigger, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. I think it's a pretty big win for them, regardless of how Clemson's been playing this year, because right. it's at the end of the day, it's still Dabo, it's still Clemson. It, you know, next man up, and you know they always have. Uh, great football team just lost quite a few good players last year and I think this is going to be massive for NC State's recruitment I think when you talk about November I think this is going to extend further than uh, November I think you know players are going to pay more attention to NC State when they are opening up their recruiting your lips to God's ears Morgan (laughs) I mean think about it hey Raleigh's a great place to go to school it's a great town to live in, and now it's a good football team to go play for. I mean, I, I don't know if y'all heard that, it. Uh, sorry, I don't know if y'all the, heard it, but Kevin Keats's press conference, he even mentioned it, how good it was for their recruiting, right? And, <laughs> you know, the swimming team had people there, the basketball team had people there, the women's basketball team, and they were all like, yeah, that was great for us. Like, it, like not even talking oh. about football, it helps everybody. When football's good, everybody gets, everybody gets help, right? And that's and what think- people – at our university need to understand is football is should be the priority for everything. It'll lift everybody up. And that was a perfect example of it. Uh, and I also, also agree. I think Devin Larry is also underrated. I think he's going to, he's going to be one of those guys who gets drafted in the NFL. People kind of paid attention to, but when he gets in there, he's going to probably make a lot more noise than somebody who goes in the first round. I hope That's so. Just my I hope so. Cause if he's that, if he ends up being that good, that means NC state's I mean, going to be, you make, uh, when you, when you, Play, pretty good position. Clutch, clutch plays like he did. Um, it just shows what kind of quarterback you know he is, and how he can develop even further. Probably. Yeah. Now, one thing, uh, kind of pivoting towards the Atlantic Division as a whole, because like you said it yourself, Evan. Like right now, uh, at, here we are, and what is it about to be week five? NC State is is in the driver's seat for the Atlantic. That doesn't guarantee that we actually take care of business. But we're in the driver's seat because um, we have that tiebreaker. If you know we could make our way to a seven and one uh, tied with Clemson at seven and one, we have the tiebreaker. That's important. But like 
it looks like Wake Forest is pretty good. It looks like Boston College is actually playing pretty good football, even with the loss of Phil Jakovic. Um, and, you know, ever since Ole Miss uh, ran Louisville off the field, Louisville has been a pretty solid football program. Um, and there's a lot that could change. But as of right now, at the going into week five, what do, what do you think is like kind of the, the favorite, so to speak, in the Atlantic division? Yeah, it's interesting, man. It depends on how you look at it, right? Like Wake is clearly able to score. My question is, have they played anybody? Are they played at FSU? Terrible. They played Virginia, which turns out, hey, they're not very good either. ODU and Norfolk State. <laughs> like it's I, – I, I still don't think we know what Wake Forest is yet. I think they're good offensively. I think that's not a surprise to anybody. Sam Hartman's been playing pretty well. He'd probably be in the argument for best quarterback. You know, he's in that top – three, four lists. So I don't think you know what Wake is right now, but, you know, if you compare, if, if they just hadn't really played a, a quality opponent, so I don't know. I think Louisville might be a better test for them, but I'm still not sold on Louisville. I don't think Louisville's that good either. I think offensively they can score. Defensively, I think they're still a mess. Their offensive line's not great. You know, they have some athletes, but again, Louisville had played who they played. I guess they beat UCF. They lost or they beat FSU again. FSU's garbage. So there's really not, I'm still not sure what to make of that. I, you know, if you look at the rest of the Atlantic, Syracuse might be the best team in, you know, might be the, <laughs> the contender there. I, I, it's, it's weird to say, like, but, you know, defensively, they're top five in the country in total defense. Again, who have they played? You know, they beat Liberty. It's a good win. But you should beat Liberty, I think. I, I, just, I just don't know what, what's going on in the Atlantic. Boston College, I guess, for me, is, is still surprising that they're playing as well as they are with Grossell and, and not Djokovic. But, yeah, and they had a good win against Mizzou. So maybe them. I, I don't know. I think the Atlantic – I don't think anybody knows what's going on with the Atlantic right now. Yeah, I know it's how – yeah, that's what yeah. I was actually about to say, Dustin, because it's like we always like to juggle the coastal chaos. I heard Eric McLean say the other day, you know, this year we might have some Atlantic anarchy. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. With uh, Clemson playing BC this week, I think that'll be the first, you know, for, first domino to fall. Like, we'll see, you know, is BC really good or, you know, have they just been a product of playing nobody's? And that's something from an NC State perspective. Like, what do NC State fans really want to hope for? Do they want to uh, see Clemson get dinged up a few more times, or do we want to see them go towards like a six and two, seven and one kind of season and kind of beat up on the rest of the conference for us? Yeah, we need them to beat up on everybody else. Honestly, if they do that, I think I feel a little bit better. And I, it's probably, <laughs> I feel like a lot of state fans feel the same way that getting some help from Clemson. So maybe Clemson beating everybody else and then losing to like, I don't know, some chump. I don't know who their who their cross conference or their cross division game is. South Carolina. But no, the they play somebody in the coastal. I forgot who it is. Oh. If you know Clemson beating up on everybody in the Atlantic and then maybe losing somebody in the coastal, so that there's that cushion in there. But we definitely need them to win as much as possible. And you know beat teams up as much as possible. One of the points that we were talking about preseason in our pod all year was we play everybody after they play Clemson or Carolina. And so the more <laughs> beatings those two schools can put on teams, the better it is for us, you know, <laughs> beating them or just 
wearing them down, it's that I think that is important for us because I don't think I don't think anybody, as much as a homer as I am for NC State, I don't think anybody wants to rely on NC State to control its own destiny. We want some help <laughs> and have a little cushion built in there. hundred yeah, percent. I think that's fair. Um, I, that was one of my main things that I wanted to get the two state fans' perspective on because all I could think about was all week. NC, yeah, NC State's in the driver's seat, but I fully expect y'all to lose a couple games you shouldn't. And, you know, I it's just sort of a, a sidecar fan because I have two brothers who went to NC State. You know, I've kind of followed along and watched what's happened and – even if I invest just a little bit, I feel like it just gets ripped away. So I can't imagine, you know, like full, <laughs> full on fandom, what that's like. Those of us um, that live it every day. <laughs> yeah. So I did yeah. look it up while we were talking. Clemson's got pit, which there is actually, yeah. which is actually not, you know, it, they could have played Duke. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that pit game may not be an easy game for them. And I think it's at pit, right? It's at pit. Yeah. yeah. So that would be a perfect trip up game if if things were to really fall right for the Wolfpack this year is for them them to lose at Pitt and then beat everyone else in the Atlantic. Yep. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like speaking of the coastal, I know that um you guys probably um follow a little bit along with the coastal, but I know you on y'all's pie is definitely NC State and the Atlantic a little bit more. But on the coastal, man, like it, who do you think actually is gonna come out of that? Nobody ever knows uh a year in and year out, but what's your take on the coastal? Yeah, good question. I think I don't know. Like, I really like Georgia Tech's defense. I think their defense is legit. I think offensively, they're two guys. And if you stop those two guys, then you know that they're probably pretty limited. I think that's probably where that is. Pitt, I think Pitt can be pretty good. Well, then who they just they lost to Western Michigan, yeah. right? You know, yeah, two weeks ago. You're like, Western what the hell, Pitt. Yeah, like yep. I think they're pretty good. They're probably uh, they're pro- them and Carolina are probably in the. I don't. I want to say Carolina's in the league because they got two losses, but they're probably the two better teams in that in the coastal. I would think. I think Duke's not not very good. Better than I thought Duke was going to be, to be honest. But I don't think they're very good. Uh, Georgia Tech's limited. Uh, Pitt, Virginia Tech, uh, Fuentes can get fired. Virginia Tech's a dumpster. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, yeah. And Brad Cornell <laughs> needs to go with him now. <laughs> that guy, that guy's like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be go real quick on this one. Pee wee coaches have a bigger playbook than that dumbass. <laughs> every every I'm week, sorry. He, has, he, has, he has five plays on one page. That is his offense. He's a moron. Every week, for context, Morgan calls for them too to be fired. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you, when you lose in state recruiting to teams outside of the state, there's a problem. Yeah, I'd mean, say Carolina and Virginia Tech, Pitt are probably Virginia the best Tech in that should conference. be able to Yeah. Morgan, yeah. I, I feel your pain, man, because I've been there many, many, many years. But <laughs> That's fine. We're, we're getting Hugh Freeze. That's all good. <laughs> but, 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 yeah. So that's, I, my, that's, my, that's my payback. That's my payback to Liberty. Oh, you wanted to have that fun game a few years ago. I'm taking your coach. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love but, it. But, but, yeah. I like, I... I will say I thought coming into the year Carolina was going to be the favorite, but they have two early, two early uh, conference losses. Yes, I think did. one more and they're out. 
of of the running, but the Carolina still has talent offensively. Yeah, the defense is awful. It, Carolina's defense yeah. is absolutely awful, and their offense has potential. But I mean, they lost too much on offense. That's yeah. I mean, what I don't know what the percentage of production was, but it had to be three quarters of their what, of what their production last they, year was gone. They, they lost two running backs and two wide receivers, and then had two receivers out the first game of the year. So they, they, uh, yeah. they showed a stat during the Virginia Tech game of what they lost from the last year. It was in like one of the first two drives. And it was 87, <laughs> 87% of the total yards gained last year on offense have graduated. It was like, oh, cool. Okay. So this this will be good. At least we have the same tight end. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did everybody think they were going to be good? Like we were saying that all years, like they lost way too much. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand the love that they, they get and they got. Mac Brown, they got him out of retirement. I, I and they all fell in love with it. Mac's good at selling vision. Uh, you got to give yeah. him credit. He can sell a vision. He can sell hype. But yeah, they sell- lost too much to come out of the gate as highly regarded as they he's, were. He's always coach of the year in June. but yeah so uh evan before before we let you go man there's one thing i did because i I found this interesting and i actually found myself like agreeing with you on this because when i was in college at nc state i uh very much loved the pass outs right this is kind of a contentious thing for for context for the other three here amongst wolfpack uh nation but we we have the where you can get a pass out at halftime go out to your car and come back into the game with your your ticket you were given um you guys over at red and white podcast uh, have been talking about this recently about you know a plan to like end the pass outs Uh, i kind of wanted like for our audience you to kind of like like briefly like talk about you know why you think we should do that and what your plan was yeah so i I put on a a piece on the website and it's been something that it's been a long time coming right i know the administration wants to do it I know they're looking to um, end it. I know some donors have threatened to stop giving money if they end the pass outs. But uh, honestly, it's it's ridiculous. And if you look at the Clemson game atmosphere, where mostly everybody stayed, most everybody was there for the third quarter and after it, it's time. And what I was suggesting, and it's probably the easiest solution that can be be done, is sell a pass-out option, right? So, like, when I order my season tickets, I can order my tickets. I can add a seat back to it. I can buy a parking pass. Sell a pass-out. If if you park close enough where you want to go out to your car, whatever, grab a beer, come back in, fine, do it. Pay for it, right? At Clemson, you can do it, but you have to buy – you have to have another ticket. So season ticket holders buy two tickets if they want to go out of the game. That works too, but it's my way was much cheaper. And it's like to sell it for a hundred bucks, right? Just let people go out and the math works out to is if you start and say, all right, we're going to sell 25% of our season tickets and then taper that down each year as you use that money to improve facilities, you can make over $3 million towards your stadium improvements by it's just selling a pass out and then bringing it back down. Right? You keep people in the stadium. That's you know that's not even counting additional concessions and other things that come uh, from people staying in the stadium and whatever. But just the fact that people and, and I blame I don't know I blame Tom O'Brien for this because 
Chuck Amato. <laughs> I did. I read in my article. I blamed Trump, Tom O'Brien. Chuck Amato got everybody excited about football, right? And everybody was all about football when Chuck was here. And when they brought in Tom O'Brien, it couldn't have been the more polar opposite. And it became a social event. And people gained more about tailgating. So it's Tom O'Brien's fault, but now we have to bring it back to, you know, if we want to be a real football school, like everybody says, hey, best fans in the country, best fans in the conference, whatever. Or they like to pound our chest about that. Well, it's time to act like it and stop leaving these games. Like, I don't care if you leave early and do whatever. Like, I left some games early. My kids want to come and they want to leave early. Cool, whatever. But that is not the majority of the fans. The majority of the people who leave and go to their cars and tailgate and don't come back in. So it's time to change that behavior. And so my plan just outlined all the things that they need to do, why it's important. Like, and one of the biggest ones that people don't really know was that Dexter Lawrence, a kid from Wake County, just from Wake Forest up the road, came to a ton of state games. Everything, you know, he was a huge recruit, five-star recruit. And he literally told Dave Doran that one of the reasons that he's not coming to NC State was that he didn't think our fans were serious about winning. And that's got to cut deep. And I didn't find this out until not recently, but, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. And now you know why Dave Doran has said it every year for nine years. Hey, you know, it's it's important that we're there. And he he kind of like subtle, he's getting more subtle about it now, saying, you know, it was a great atmosphere. You know, everybody was still, you know, still there, whatever. But recruits notice that kind of thing. It's just it's the opposite where we we're just talking about, hey, that atmosphere for Clemson is great for recruiting. Well, the opposite is also true, right? These kids who see that environment know that. You know, I can go somewhere else. Like I'll go to Clemson where they take it more serious, or I go somewhere else where they're going to take it more serious. That cuts deep, man. And I know Dave did not like that. And that is behind that is some of the reason behind some of his um, you know, push for it. I, I think Dave needs to push the administration and not the fans because I think that needs to change. He could be a little bit. I don't know. I think he should rally the fans to push the administration rather than telling the fans to, Hey, stay in your seats. You know, I think there's, there's some miss um, there's a miss strategy on that one, but the, the greater point is it's time for us to end that end that thing. And I've seen my group starting to taper off and going less and going out less. And, you know, I think other people are going to start to do the same behavior. Part of it is, Hey, it's, fu- it's a fun football team to watch. So that helps. But, you know, I think they're starting to realize that, you know, it's not that important. We can tailgate for whatever time before the game that we need. And then they're selling beer and all that stuff. But some some people have had some really good ideas to go along with that, like do a promotion or, you know, do some things where uh, for every touchdown they score in the first half, it's a dollar off beers at halftime. That was a great idea, right? I mean, there's things, simple things like that that will help change that change that behavior for people leaving the stadium. So, and I actually talked to the administration about this and uh, I'm supposed to have a conversation with uh, some people there. They didn't want to comment on the record air quotes, but they said, you know, we have some things we want to work out. We're going to have a conversation about this. So they were at least willing to engage in that dialogue. And I'm curious where that's going to go. That'll probably be after the season when I'll, I'll talk to them, but at least that conversation is, is, ha- is starting. 
And one of the things that we always want to do with everything for this website is just like keep pushing, right? Because if we get complacent as fans and as athletic department, whatever, that leads to 10 years of Herb Sendek or whatever <laughs> it may be. And you just like nobody wants that, right? We want to we want to yeah. win. I go to these games because I want to win. I don't I go because they're fun, but I'll go because I also want to see a winning program. That's what we all do. And I'm getting way down a rabbit hole there, so I apologize. But I I, I yeah. tell you, winning and winning big um, gets does also get the fans to come more often. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. winning yeah. consistently. Yeah, because there. I mean, there was a time when Lane Stadium was not what it is now. Right. You know, and yeah. the donors got involved. They they fix up the stadium, and then just winning big. I mean, obviously, Vic definitely helped that out a lot with getting fans to stay in, in, in the uh, the stadium. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And it, and if y'all have a big year, I think that can add fuel to fire. You can say, like, exactly. look at this. Look at what happened. Look at what happened Come over here. Year. Look at, yeah. you know, you've got examples to help prove your point. Yeah, and a, a microcosm of, of your point there would be this past weekend against Clemson. Yeah, the, It absolutely. was one of the best atmospheres I was ever oh, at. I, I've probably have missed, I think, two games at Carter-Finley since the 2012 season. That was one of the top three uh, best atmospheres I've been to there. But Dave himself, like to your point, Evan, he's gotten a little bit more subtle about it because he's he told he yeah. said uh, pregame, he's like, I don't want just attendance. I want participation. And yeah, yeah. that was a good way of saying, stay the hell in your seat. <laughs> Cause I'm with yeah. you. I think, I think it's time to end the pass outs. Like when I was younger in college and first year out of college, like we went out a lot more out of the stadium and would come back. But uh, these days, my whole group, we, we all stay in the stadium now because we're kind of with coach Doran on that. It's time. It's time to end it. They yeah, man, I, I feel, job. I feel the exact same way. And you know, Dave actually retweeted it and he, he liked my tweet about it. And I know he feels the same way. But I had almost 30,000 people look at that article over the course of the week. And I got very few people saying anything negative that, you know, hey, you're, you're a crazy idiot. And, you know, I can sneeze and I'll get those comments. But when I got that many eyeballs looking at it and we're like, yeah, I agree. This, you know, it's about time. That made me feel really good just because I think that helps that conversation get going. Yeah, I sure. think your next home game will be a big, big turnout after that Clemson win. Well, it's this weekend against Louisiana Tech, so yep. <laughs> let's hope so. It won't be we like. Let's be realistic. It won't be quite the same atmosphere, but I, I do think that we need to make sure we yeah. we uh, we are allowed for that game because this is a um, prime opportunity for the Wolfpack to play a a game that they should win and then go on a mm-hmm. bye week before the rest of the ACC uh, slate starts. So it's yep. a big weekend for the Wolfpack football. You mean I pull an ODU? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, Evan, I got to say, man. seems too good. We appreciate you coming on um, here on Miserable and Reckless. Anytime, fellas. I appreciate having me. Yeah, man. Well, for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan sitting here with Dustin, Morgan, and Ryan. And this week, Evan from the Red and White Podcast. Make sure you go check that out on uh, Spotify and Apple and I'm sure anywhere where podcasts are available. We'll see you next time.